Okay, well, good morning. It's good to see you. Um, it's a little bit windy today, isn't it? Um, we, um, we were driving over from Northampton and there's trees all over the A45. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some humorous tweets and photos on the internet tomorrow of trampolines in gardens um, and all those sorts of things. Um, but, yeah, so... Well done, those of you who have made it this morning and weathered the storm. Um, it's wonderful to see you. As If you're not sure who I am, my name's Steve. Uh, I'm married to Tammy, and we have the privilege and pleasure of leading this, uh, this growing family that we call Central Vineyard. So it's wonderful uh, to be with you uh, this morning. This morning we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, at least twice a year, um, once in the autumn term, and, and then again, in the, as we go into the spring term, uh, we, we try and do something that we call Vision Sunday. It's really just a, a moment to pause our usual schedule uh, and just reflect a little bit uh, on what's gone on, uh, to kind of take stock of where things are and to take an opportunity to uh, look forward uh, together. And so that's the journey we're going on this morning. Uh, if you are here for the first time or you're fairly new to our church, then do come back next week because I promise we don't talk about ourselves every week. Um, we're just going to do that this week and um, we get over ourselves and we'll go back to normal uh, in the weeks the weeks ahead. Um, and so if you've got a Bible, we're going to start in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 54. If you're not sure where that is, then... Um, have a look in the contents page and you'll find Isaiah 54. I think it's true to say that we are in a significant um, season in our journey as a church. We enter into 2020 um, and, and you know, we've got five different church gatherings meeting across four locations and uh, if I'm honest with you, when I look back over the last three years at least, I'm really just blown away by all that, that, that God has achieved, that, that, that so much has happened in, these, in this short space of time. Some of you, not many of you, uh, would have been part of this church family back in September 2017, in the dark days <laughs> of 2017. And back then, September 2017, we took a small step of faith uh, as a church. Back then, increasingly, our space back at our, our location in Northampton was at a premium. Uh, and we found ourselves with one of two options. Uh, our one, the one option, which I was kind of in favor of, was that we, we put a sign on the door saying, sorry, no more room, go somewhere else. Um, that, that was one of the options. Um, but we figured that wasn't very friendly. Um, and so we took a step of faith as a church and we, uh, and we decided that actually what would it look like for us to multiply ourselves in some way? And, uh, the, the kind of the picture, if you like, the, the picture that we felt the Lord paint for us was of this, this idea. If you imagine all of us, uh, are a family sitting around a table and, and, and the invitation from Jesus was to shuffle up the bench 
and make room for others. That was his invitation to us, that we would somehow figure out a way of shuffling up the bench and, and, and making room for other people. And so that's what we did. We took a small step of faith. We multiplied our morning service in Northampton. We multiplied from a 10.30 service like you have here to a 9.30 and 11.15 uh, service. And to our joy and utter surprise, it worked. Uh, it, it worked. In fact, that choice to multiply was, has really set the trajectory of our church for the last three years. In fact, just a few short months of us making that choice to multiply our services to two services, uh, we, we were seeing over 200 people a week coming in um, into a space that just on its own would hold about 120. And so multiplying our services meant that we could, we could gather more people. We could welcome more people into what we were doing by simply making room. And uh, some of you may have arrived in that season. Is that right? Uh, some of you kind of darkened our doors uh, in that season. And um, you may remember it didn't take too long for those two services to get full again. Um, and, and so we had, we had a quandary. Do, do we start a third service? And if so, when, when do we do that? Who gets the short straw? Who has to come to church at seven in the morning? Um, you know, if we're going to have a third service. Um, and then we began to say, well, maybe, maybe we don't start a third service here. Maybe we start a third service somewhere else. And so increasingly the number of people from the Wellingborough area who were coming over to Northampton was increasing. And it just became obvious to us and good to the Holy Spirit that we should start a, a third gathering of our church, but here in, in Wellingborough. And, and, and so that, and that's, and that's, that's what we did. We've been here, how long have we been here now? So it's like 18 months um, that we've been here and, and seeing the Lord do some wonderful things. But it doesn't end there. You know, many of you know David and Elaine have been soldiering away in, in Kettering um, and, and really just doing a pioneering work, reaching people. They moved there not knowing a single person. And now around 25, 35 people would, would somehow be connected to Central Vineyard in that, in that context. And then, um, of course, last September, September 2019, we had the absolute pleasure and privilege to welcome Rawns Community Church into our growing church family. And so what does this all mean? What does that mean? Well, I think it means Jesus is doing what he said he would do. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Right now, across all of our locations, on a Sunday, on an average Sunday, we can see around 375, 380 people gathering in, gathering across our various uh, sites and locations. Um, on top of that, around 600 adults and children uh, now call Central Vineyard their church home. And so as we began this journey three years ago, one of the key passages of scripture that we felt the Lord gave to us was this passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 54. Uh, so if you're, if you're there, I'm just going to read a few verses. It says this, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, 
burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has had a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtain wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. The truth is, over the last three years, we have taken some intentional steps, if you like, to give birth. Um, we've, we've planned for our family. Um, and, um, and, and we've given birth. We've, we've, we've taken seriously this invitation from God to enlarge the place of your tent, to stretch our tent curtains wide, to, to not hold back in any way. And we've just, we've just continued to push ourselves as much as we can. And it feels like the Lord is honoring that, that the Lord is doing something in that. Something significant is taking place. But as we're reminded of this passage again, I believe the emphasis, at least for this next season, kind of feels like it's shifting. Uh, there's kind of like a shift in what we feel the Lord's doing. Don't get me wrong, we still believe that we're called to enlarge our tent. We still believe that we're called to stretch out wide and not hold back. And yet at the same time, it feels right that we should strengthen what we have. It says in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords. And we want to do all of that, but then it says strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. I believe this next season that we're, we're to do just that. We're to strengthen our stakes. We're to bring some sense of stability to what we have in order to build a healthy future together. You know, our work isn't over, is it? Last time I looked, there's still thousands of people uh, who don't know Jesus. Did you know that? <laughs> Um, so our work isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. But if we're to take seriously this call, I believe, from the Lord in this season for us as a church to, to strengthen, uh, to strengthen what we have, uh, because ultimately we want to step into a healthy future, don't we? We want to, uh, we want what we do to be, have it this, sense of this is healthy, this is what the Lord's doing, that, you know, one of the things that we value so much is just keeping in step with God's Spirit, that as he directs us, as he leads us, as he pushes us into the next season, we want to be obedient to him. And, and one of the ways we get to respond in obedience is, is by focusing on our health and strength as a church family. What does it mean to strengthen our stakes together? And so what I want to do this morning, I want to take a moment just to look back, look back over the last 12 months and just share some highlights from this last year. I want to, um, uh, Vision Sunday is also affectionately known as Pie Chart Sunday. Okay, um, so we've got some pie charts in the mix. Um, but I also want to just look, look forward and um, think about what's, what could be ahead of us. 
So looking back, just over the last 12 months, some highlights in the, the life of our church family. In the past 12 months, over 125 people have been welcomed into our church, either by attending a Sunday gathering or a Newcomers Connect party. Either way, we've welcomed around 125 people. That doesn't include the hundreds of people who come through our doors through our various compassion ministries and things that we do each week, particularly centered around Northampton. Um, one person came along to a Newcomers event in this last year. They, they found us, they did a Google search. They were new to the area. Uh, they had no relationship with anybody. They weren't a Christian or anything like that. They just had no relationship with anybody, but just just thought, I, I'm desperate to make some friends, and maybe the church is a good place to go to make some friends. That's a novel idea, isn't it? You know, uh, the church would be friendly. And so that's what he did. He searched us up. He found us uh, on Google because we've worked really hard to make sure we're the first church you find on Google. And um, <laughs> he found us, and um, he came to this event, and, you know, not only did he meet some friends and meet some people, but he also gave his life to Jesus. And, and that's what this is about, isn't it? It's, that's why we want to invest in hospitality. That's why uh, we want to welcome new people. We want to do our best to welcome the one. Because uh, Jesus is constantly inviting people to himself. You know, this whole journey that we've been on and in growth and development and multiplication is because Jesus keeps inviting people. I, I, I said to my coach a few weeks ago, I said, well, I don't know what we're doing. They just keep coming. <laughs> I wish they would stop. Um, but they don't, they don't, they don't. They keep coming. And so we, we need to be responsive to what Jesus is doing. He's inviting people to the table. We're shuffling up the bench and we're welcoming the one. And so we want, to, we want to celebrate that 125 new people have connected with our church. Some of you are sitting in this room. This year, we, um, we launched a project. Our, many of you know we run a compassion charity called Restore Northampton, and we launched a project called Grow Baby, uh, which started in May. Since then, we have had the privilege of helping 250 families in providing children's clothes and others other essentials to families in need these are these are families who are having babies and they don't have the essential things that you would need when you have a baby that's it's on one in one sense that statistic is quite sad isn't it that 250 um babies were born <laughs> Um, that were born into that situation. And yet, at the other hand, thank goodness that we could have the privilege of, of serving some of those people most in need. At Christmas time, some of you may have had the opportunity to contribute to this, but we, we gave away 170 uh, Christmas gifts uh, to children who, um, parents and families that access our service through Grow Baby. And um, and the, the unique thing about that was, was parents could come, they could choose the gift, they could wrap the gift, and they could give that gift to their child from them. Um, you know, that we wanted to empower parents to do all that they could. And so we're really thrilled about what, what the Lord's been doing there through Grow Baby. Alpha, you've heard about Alpha starting this week in Wellingborough, but Alpha has been a highlight for us over this last year. Alpha, if you don't know, is just a basic introduction to the Christian faith. And so... It's, it's based around a meal and just some 
uh, uh, some content and some discussion. And uh, we, we saw 20 lives impacted on Alpha just this last term, in the autumn term. And a, n- a number of those were some of the mums who had been coming to Grow Baby. And so um, many of them surrendered their lives to Jesus. They encountered the Holy Spirit. Uh, many of them are now attending church or part of another group uh, in the life of our church. I heard one story uh, which puts us all to shame. Over Christmas, obviously, everything shuts down. We all disappear, don't we? We all batten down the ashes. We drink our whiskey and eat too much turkey and all of those sorts of things. So whilst we were all doing that, these mums who come to faith on Alpha were FaceTiming each other to read their Bible and pray. Um, Just a wonderful... Uh, image of what the Lord is doing amongst this group of people. And so we're so thrilled uh, that we have the privilege of being involved with that. We've also had the opportunity in this past 12 months to be uh, working in a number of different schools. Uh, in Rawns, we, we had the pleasure of teaching a whole year group. Uh, many of those children never heard the gospel before. Many of them not quite sure uh, that Jesus was anything other than a swear word. <laughs> Um, and just, just having the opportunity to just sit with a whole year group and share this fantastic news. Many of them just blown away uh, by the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done. Also, Kay, our children's and uh, youth pastor, um, she has the privilege of going into a school in Northampton. Now, many of you will know that with our kids' ministry, we use a teaching framework we call God's Big Story, which is just a way of helping our kids understand where, uh, where the gospel, where the kingdom of God sits in the, in the whole narrative of life. And this, this one particular school has invited us to use that curriculum in the school. There are big, massive signs all around the assembly hall, God's big story. And Tammy and I, um, were show, we went to this one school because our daughter was looking for a new school. And so we, we were walking around the school and the head, uh, we, he was showing us around and he said, oh, um, that's our RE specialist in there. He was talking about Kate. Um, and, uh, and I thought, you can't give her that title because we don't pay her enough. But, um, um, but just wonderful to have influence in those places. Wonderful to just have opportunities to share. You know, most people come to faith, you know, between the age of four and 14. Um, most people come to know Jesus in that in that period of time. And so it's such a, just a wonderful place to invest our energy. Prayer. Prayer has played a major part and continues to play a major part in the life of our church. We, um, uh, you heard about the Upper Room, our monthly time of extended prayer and worship. These have been special times in the life of our church. They're, someone referred to it as the Boiler Room, the, the place where we get to gather as a as a whole church family, and, and, and be together. Um, we're also seeing prayer emerge in some of our other locations. I think you've got some uh, a prayer gathering coming up in a few weeks' time. And um, we also had the opportunity to host something called Bow Down, which was uh, an event that we, we kind of invited the wider church to on Pentecost Sunday, where, where we gathered in, in five different uh, towns across Northamptonshire and we invited believers from many different church backgrounds to come together in their market squares and to kneel down and pray. Uh, we saw hundreds and hundreds of Christians gather 
in, in this, those different communities to pray together. Just a wonderful thing uh, to, to be a part of. It's been an exciting year for training and equipping. This year we launched two training tracks uh, in the life of our church. Uh, to date, 51 new people have gone through our Discovering Central Vineyard, which is our introduction to who we are, our values, and the things that are important to us as a church. And then we've also seen a further 31 complete our Discovering Discipleship, which is uh, just a, a, a step into this is what it means for us to be followers of Jesus. This is what it means to to really pursue him. And um, we also ran a series called Equip Nano over the summer, where many of you, I'm sure, had the opportunity to be there, where we where we did some stuff around how to pray for one another and how to prophesy and how to um, read the scriptures in more in meaningful ways. You know, when we want to continue to do that, we want to continue to be a place of equipping. And then we also relaunched something called Huddles. Huddles are small groups of people um, who, small groups of people, threes and fours of the same sex who commit to one another for at least six to 12 months. It's a, it's kind of an intentional pathway, if you like, towards discipleship. We currently have 60 adults uh, in huddles at the moment. And uh, since the relaunch in the summer, we've received a whole bunch of requests from other churches, churches in the UK, churches in the US who are like, we've seen what you're doing. We'd love to develop something like this in our context. And so it's wonderful just to kind of stretch your influence a little bit when you step out and try some things new. You know, we could spend the whole morning just sharing a whole bunch of different stories of and celebrating what God's doing, and that would be a good thing. But I think it's important just to take a moment to say, you know, we've achieved so much as a church in this last year. Um, we've seen so much happen. We've seen so much take place because so many have been willing to sacrifice. So many have been willing to give of their time, their energy, and their resources. And so just to reflect on that in terms of resources, over the last three years, um, we've been doing some, doing some maths, but over the last three years, collectively as a church, we have given, in terms of money, just shy of £710,000. So in the, in the last three years, we've seen an income of uh, £710,000. That's a significant amount of money. Um, and uh, I, think, um, I think we've got a slide that just breaks down how we use that money uh, generally, or how that money comes in, I should say. As you can see, the majority of our money comes from those who regularly and sacrificially give uh, to the church. That's how primarily our money comes in. There's no kind of um, magic pot of money at the end of the vineyard rainbow, okay? Um, all that we do, all that we've achieved, all that we've received comes from you. It comes from those that say, this is my church family, and this is what I'm committed to. This is what I want to give to. And so it's a wonderful privilege to be able to um, to see that, that reality. Equally, we've spent £655,000 in those three years. 
And, um, and that's equally a crazy sum of money. And the thing that that tells us is that church costs quite a bit. <laughs> um, it's amazing how many people think we get things for free. Um, I wish. Um, but church costs. And, um, and, and that's the reality. Someone once said that church is free, but it's not cheap. <laughs> it's free, but it's not cheap. And I think we've got another slide to illustrate that, our expenditure. What, what, does that, what does that go on? Obviously, a large portion of our expenditure goes towards our staff. Um, we've got 22 staff, um, and at least 17 of them are paid. Um, don't tell the other five, okay? Um, um, uh, and, and so there you can see just roughly how, uh, how, that, breaks, how that breaks down. And you know, the reality is so much has been achieved because so much has been given. And so we want to be thankful to God, don't we? We want to thank God for his provision. We want to thank God that he's, he's, he's entrusted us with these resources. And we want to say thank you to the church for, for giving, giving sacrificially to all that we do. So that's wonderful, but I have got another Interesting statistic. JD, just hold fire for a second. We'll make the reveal in a minute. But in January 2017, our church was 252 adults and children. And back then, out of those 252, 72 people would be classed as a regular giver. So what's a a regular giver is primarily someone who probably gives by standing order. Uh, or gives in a way that our finance team can track that they give, okay? So we can't count money that goes in anonymously into a bowl, obviously for for obvious reasons. Um, But right now, um, well, when we first did these stats, there was 570 adults, but there's actually 598 adults and children in the church now, nearly 600 people who call this church home. But right now... The number of people giving uh, has only risen to about 158. The reality is, is our numerical growth and our financial growth hasn't tracked. It, has, it hasn't tracked. And I think we've got a, a way of illustrating that for you. And, and, and so we... Um, the reality is, is that if, that if that was to continue, we are probably going to make a loss in the next 12 months. Um, each year we set a budget. Uh, it's good to know, isn't it, that we set a budget. We set a budget for, for what we plan to expe- uh, spend. We set a budget for, you know, these are the things we think the Lord wants to do. These are the things that we want to invest in. And we, we set that budget in faith. Um, and we think in the next 12 months that we're going to spend around £360,000. And we're going to spend about £360,000. And if that is what the Lord is inviting us to spend, then and that's the aspirational goal, right now, based on that, the current trend in our giving, um, so Esther tells me, our finance manager, <laughs> right now we are due to make a £50,000 
shortfall. And so that's, that's, that's a tough reality, isn't it, for uh, the dynamics of a growing church family. So I just want you to hold that thought, okay, in your mind, okay, that that's, that's just the reality of where things are. Um, know that um, it keeps me up at night. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, I'm only joking. Um, slightly joking. Um, but let's look forward. Let's look forward. What is it we want to do in this, this, this coming time as we, as we look at the realities of what's gone on, as we look at the reality of where things are, how do we begin to look forward? How do we, what are the things we're going to do to strengthen our stakes? If that's the Lord's invitation to us, to strengthen our stakes, what are we going to do? And I think the question really is, is what are we going to continue to do? Um, because we always talk about these these different uh, six key emphases, don't we, in the life of our church. Things that we say we're committed to no matter what. Whether there's a shortfall or not, these are the things we're going to do. Whether we've got plenty or whether we're in wants, these are the things we're going to do. And so looking forward, first one is prayer that fuels mission. As I've already said, prayer has been fundamental to, to what we've seen happen. That we don't want prayer to just be the thing that we stick onto the end of our good idea and hope that it seals the deal. You know, that actually we want prayer to be the thing that inspires and motivates and pushes us out to the mission that God has called us to. We mentioned a few weeks ago at our big church celebration that we're going to be doing a few different prayer events this year. We're going to be doing a 24-7, couple of 24-7 prayer events. Uh, um, you know, and we're just, we're going to do bow down again. We're going to invite the wider church to pray, uh, in, in those different contexts. And we, and we just want prayer to be on our radar. We want prayer to be the thing that fuels all that we do. And so can I just encourage you, you know, someone, I read something quite challenging the other day and it, it said, you know, the health of the church isn't on, it isn't based on Sunday attendance, but it's, it's based on how busy the prayer meeting is. You know, and, um, you know, the upper room, I know some of you it means you have to travel, but the upper room is just this wonderful space. But, you know, we have like 40 people show up and we have a great time. But I think we could have 80 people there, maybe 100 people there. And what sort of impact could that make? You know, if, if we had 100 people who choose to set aside the best night of the week, a Friday night when you want to watch Gogglebox and drink wine, you know, um, if we had like 100 people gather in that environment and just call out to God, what kind of transformation could we see take place? You know, if, if we've achieved so much with 40 people gathering in a room to pray, how much more could we achieve if 80 people, 100 people were to gather in a room and pray. So we want our prayer to fuel mission. Uh, we want to continue to invest in networks and, and neighbourhoods. We want to bring life to our region, continue to develop and build communities across our county, empowering each one of us to be people who sow seeds of the kingdom right where they are. Part of this is in, in June this summer, we're going to relaunch something called Love NN. Some of you might remember that, where we just, we set aside some time to, sh to kind of figure out how we could show uh, love and kindness to our neighbours. Tom did a great job last week just reminding us that Jesus 
called us to love our neighbours. Anybody were here last week? And he said, and he, and if he did, what I think he did was that we're we're called to love our actual neighbours. That's a novel thought, isn't it? That um, what would it look like if we loved our actual neighbours? And so what we've done is we've plotted you all uh, on a map with your postcode, okay? And, and we're kind of trying to imagine what would it look like if all the people who lived in and what's what is the postcode for Wellingborough? NN NN8 or NN9. What would it look like if all the people in NN8 came together and said, How are we gonna love our postcode? How are we gonna love our, our postcode in a practical way? What are some of the things we could dream of doing if we were to reach out and love our communities? And so we're gonna spend the whole of June, we're gonna pre- do some preparation work ahead of that, but the whole of June, we're gonna be doing lots of different things to kind of love our communities. Uh, in different ways. Uh, we we want to continue to be invested in apprenticeship to Jesus. We want to help ordinary people become passionate, effective followers of Jesus. And during this year, we want to continue to develop those pathways uh, for discipleship, equipped training, vineyard, the vineyard training platform, the theological training that we offer through Vineyard Institute. Um, you know, if you're interested in just taking that step and uh, and and um, stepping into the scriptures in a new way. We'd encourage you to do that. We're also going to be launching our first Central Vineyard Preaching School, uh, which sounds kind of grand, doesn't it? But it's actually just Paul Veal, our teaching pastor. Um, uh, he's going to be doing that. And it might be that you're sitting in an environment like this and, said, and thinking, I could do a better job than him. Um, and, and if that's the case, we want to train you. Okay, so... Um, um, so if you're interested in that, we're going to be launching that in March, uh, the preaching school. So look out for that. We'd love to invite you. It's not a guarantee that you'll get to preach, but it is an opportunity to be trained. Uh, we, we're committed to cultural impacts. We have an opportunity, we believe, to train and equip individuals uh, that God is calling to, to impact the culture around them. The reality is, is that you spend two hours in church and 166 hours somewhere else. Do you know that? Um, you spend a couple of hours here and the rest of your time is somewhere else. And predominantly, that's a place of work, isn't it? And, and what does it mean for us as a church to empower you to be all that you're meant to be in your places of work? And so we want to continue to make those investments to release the culture of heaven in our communities, in our universities, in our schools, in our workplaces, and in our neighborhoods. Whatever, uh, wherever you find yourself, we want to be able to empower you uh, to do all that you're meant to be and do in those places. Justice and compassion, we want to continue to look for those God-given opportunities uh, to practice justice and address issues of poverty. Uh, in this next season, we want to continue to invest in being a people of compassion. You know, those of you who have heard us talk about our, our DNA, you'll know one of the legs of our the vineyard is worship, but the other is compassion. And we want to be a people marked by compassion. And particularly in this next season, we want to particularly say to some of those newer locations, what does it look like for you to carve out your, your own identity in this? And it might be that, you know, for those of you here in Wellingborough, you just, you, you see what's already happening and you just put your weight behind that uh, as a church. That you say, this is the compassion ministry that we are taking 
ownership of uh, that we're going to invest ourselves in. And so we want to invite you to think about that this year, how you as a, a location of Central Vineyard can begin to outwork uh, compassion in your context, how you continue can work out how you care for the poor. And then the last investment is the next generation. Our children and young people, they aren't just the church of tomorrow, uh, but they are the church of today, aren't they? They're fully integrated into the life of the church, and we want to invest in our kids. We want to invest in our young people. Right now, we have around 200 under 18s in our church. And I don't know about you, but that's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? And you know, I, I don't want our kids to be another statistic. And, and that statistic is, is that so people reach, you know, 18, 19 years of age and they just fall off the cliff of church. But what would it mean for us to be a church that says, you know what, we're not, we're not satisfied with that. We want to invest. We want to make the right investments uh, in our kids. One of the things that we're really looking forward to is um, taking a whole bunch of our young people to Dreaming the Impossible, DTI, this summer. Many of you know that Soul Survivor, the, the National Youth Festival, has come to an end, and the vineyard has kind of stepped up to the plate. And as a movement, we're going to host one week um, uh, of uh, a festival with young people. We're hoping and praying that 5,000 young people uh, will sign up. I think just over 1,000 have done it, okay? So that's exciting, but we, uh, we're praying for 5,000 people to, to, to show up. And, and I, just want, I just want to say we'd love to have teams of people from Central Vineyard go and serve our young people in that context. The thing that I can guarantee you is sleepless nights, okay, uncomfortable beds, and um, maybe mediocre food. Um, so they're the things I can guarantee but actually, I think it's an investment worth making. And it might be some of you think, you know what, I'd love to just serve on a team at DTI. I'd love to be able to contribute to what the Lord's doing uh, amongst the youth in our nation. And so if that's something you're interested in, I'd love to speak to you. We'd love to put you in touch with the right people uh, who can do all the right checks and stuff like that. But we'd love to have a team. We've also got a team of cooks going uh, to DTI. They're going to cook all week for our young people. Apparently, if you're on a cooking team, you get to sleep in a different campsite. So you do get some sleep. Um, but again, you might think, well, I, you know, I could do, I could do something like that. So, um, but we want to invest. We want to make the right investments. So there, you know, as we look forward, they're the things that are constant, aren't they? They're the things that we're constantly going to do. They're the things that we're going to continue to invest in. They're the things that are going to cost us what we think is going to cost. Um, that, and they're just the realities of church. And so as we look forward and we invest in those six areas, um, as we reflect on where things are, um, one of the things that I've got the pleasure of doing this morning is launching a new capital campaign uh, in, in the life of our church. And we're calling it Together. It's this um, marketing man's dream. Um, we're calling it Together. And, you know, we are um, one church meeting in multiple locations. And so whatever our need is in one place, it's our need, isn't it? You know, so if... Um, 
If, if one part of our body is in need, then it takes the rest of us. We have to come together to help address that need. And so for this campaign, we have a target that we want to reach uh, over this year. And we want to reach the target of £150,000 on top of all that regularly comes in to the life of the church. And I know that that's a significant amount of money. It sounds like a large amount of money, and it is. Um, But to kind of put a handle on that and to help people in different locations figure out how they might be able to contribute to that, we've broken it down into three lots of 50,000. Sound any better? No. Uh, (laughs) And so... um, and so we, we, we want to raise three lots of £50,000. Firstly, we want to raise £50,000 50, in cash. We'll accept 50 notes if you've got any. But um, we want to raise £50,000 in cash uh, towards the next phase of development of our, our um, ministry centre in, in Northampton. As many of you know, um, the building in Northampton, 42 Sheep Street, is on two floors. And uh, we've renovated the top floor... And then we've got this bottom floor that is kind of like the black hole of Calcutta. It's like the abyss. And uh, currently that, that remains undeveloped. And we would love to be able to use that space and make use of it, not just for Sundays, but for a number of the projects that uh, we do there during the week. As I said, we have like 70, about 70 mums and tots in our parent and tots group on a Wednesday. It's like buggies and babies everywhere. I, I don't go to the office on Wednesdays. Um, um, and, and, and so just to give you a little update, we, um, we took a mortgage on that property in 2016. We borrowed £350,000. Um, to date, we have paid two hundred oh, Sorry, we, we have left 290000 So we've paid £60,000 off that mortgage. So we're really thrilled about that, that... That mortgage is coming down quite significantly. Uh, and so this past October, uh, the trustees of our church um, tasked us to go back to the drawing board and just reimagine what, how we could do the renovation at 42 Sheep Street. And um, one of the things that we did is we, we got some new quotes. Uh, we had a quote about a year and a half ago, and the bill came to 600000 And we were just like... That's crazy. We can't do that. And so we went back to the drawing board and we've got that down to about £350,000. So that's where it's come to at the moment. Uh, And so since getting that quote, we've just been wrestling with, well, what's the strategy? How could we do that? And clearly just raising £50,000 in cash is not going to help. And so what we've decided to do is just um, to phase the project, to break it down into some smaller chunks and to do... Uh, different parts of the projects as we go along. And so the reason why we want to raise £50,000 in cash is because we want to install a lift uh, in the building. Some of you know it's a bit of a kind of a weird, weird level in the building. It was built in the 1970s, what can I say? Um, and, and so we, we want to install this lift, and that's going to cost about £50,000. And, and what that lift will do is, it will one, it will make our building more accessible, um, which we, we desperately want to do. As I say, we've got like 70 plus mums and buggies coming to our building every week. And we just think that's the right investment to make first. And so, uh, uh that's, that's what we're going after. We're going to go after this, uh, this lift. Um, 
we went we went for planning permission last week. So if you're into looking at planning applications, as I am sometimes, I must admit, um, you can go and have a look at the planning application. But um, uh, we're praying that that all goes through. And um, if the funds are there, uh, we hope to start work uh, in April uh, and have the lift in place in May. So that's so that's the first £50,000 in cash that we want to raise. The second thing that we want to invest in is multiplication. Over the last year, uh, last few years, we've seen things grow and multiply significantly. And, um, you know, and if we're called to strengthen our stakes, then we want to, we want to invest another £50,000 in ongoing giving, um, particularly towards our locations and particularly towards uh, thinking about some of the mission that you guys might be called to. That, you know, as you guys begin as a, as a church unit here, begin to dream about what God might do in your community. We want to have some, if you like, seed money that we can say, well, you know, here's some seed money, have this money and go and do what God's put on your heart to do. And, and so that's where we, that's why we want to try and make that investment. We want to, uh, have some cash reserves in place where we can, where we can do that. And so that, uh, a lot of that is going towards our, our sites in Wellingborough, Ketrin and Lawns. Um, we also want to financially prepare for the future. We really feel like, you know, to date we've started three, we've got three other locations of our church. We'd also love to be involved in church planting and uh, we'd love to be able to, release people who feel called not to just be a site of Central Vineyard, but to actually go and plant another vineyard church in another community. And we'd love to do that and empower people with the finances to do that. And so uh, that's what that kind of pot of money will go to. And then the third 50,000 is that we really do need to address that shortfall. We need to address that shortfall in our budget. Um, that we want to enter the new financial year in April 2020 uh, feeling fully funded and fully resourced to go. And um, this means that we need to increase our regular giving by £4,200 a month. That would, that would meet the shortfall. And that's a lot of money. That's a significant amount of money, I know. But the reality is a church our size should be able to do that, shouldn't it? You know, if the 600 people say that this is their church home, what would it take? It would take 100 people to give £42 a month for the next year, and we would, we would have that shortfall met. You know, one of the first miracles that Jesus did, and he involved his disciples, is in Matthew 14. We sang about it this morning. And... Um, you may remember Jesus has been teaching the crowds and he gets news that his cousin, John the baptizer, has been executed. And so Jesus, he calls his disciples and says, let's withdraw, let's, let's go to a solitary place. But the crowds follow them, don't they? The crowds follow Jesus. And the crowds follow Jesus and they get hungry, uh, which I always thought was peculiar. <laughs> Um, they follow him and expect him to feed them. We're told in the scriptures that there were 5,000 men in the crowd. And that didn't count the women and the children. There could, be, could have been like 10,000 people 
following Jesus to this place. And the people are hungry. And all the disciples have is five loaves and two fish. They have five loaves and two fish. Now, I'm not that great at maths, but that doesn't seem a lot, does it? 10,000 people, five loaves, two fish. And yes, yet Jesus takes those loaves, he, he gives thanks for it, and then he tells his disciples to divide the people up into groups and begin to distribute the food. It says in verse 20 of Matthew 14, they all ate and were satisfied. They were all ate and they were satisfied. Now the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And Jesus did a miracle. He did a miracle. And the key to that miracle is he invited his disciples to take part, didn't he? He invited them to take part. It's easy for us to hear that sum. We need, we want to raise £150,000 or we want to try and meet this shortfall of £50,000 in our, in our budget. It's, it's easy to hear that and on an individual level think, nothing I can do about it. What, what could I do? All I've got are these five loaves and two fish. There's not much I can offer. I'm sorry. And yet Jesus' invitation to us, isn't it, is to, is to, to give the little that we have. The little that we have in our hands and allow him to use it for his glory. That he's the one who multiplies what we have in our hands. He's the one who invites us to give what we might have to give. Even if we think it's small, it's insignificant, it will bear no difference, it makes no difference. That isn't the case, is it? That Jesus has this power to breathe on what we offer him and multiply it and make a lasting difference. And so maybe you've been coming to this church family for a little while and you wouldn't consider yourself a regular giver. And by that I mean a a person who systematically and consistently sets aside a portion of their income and gives it to the work of God's kingdom. And that, you know, in your heart of hearts, you would say that, I know that isn't me. That just isn't me. That, you know, I might tip God every Sunday when the bowl goes around. Um, what, what could I tip him today? A bit of fluff and one pound and 10p. Um, and so sometimes, and please hear me when I say this, sometimes we, we can let ourselves off the hook because we know we tip God this Sunday. But I think God's worth more than the tip. Maybe? Amen? And so what would it look like or what would it mean for you to respond in this season? This season where we're saying, hey church, we need, we need to rally together and we need to figure out how we can get through this next season. What would it look like for you to play your part in that? Well, it might be a way for you to play your part is to just become a regular giver. That's a novel idea, isn't it? Um, to just become a regular giver. Someone who consistently and regularly gives. You know, the Bible talks about us giving our first fruits to God, doesn't it? 
You know, so for me, I get paid on the 18th of the month. And on the 19th, what I choose to give leaves my bank. Um, that we, we're called to give God the first fruits of what we have. And so can I just challenge you, make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, just for a few minutes and say, would you consider becoming a regular giver? You might think what I've got to offer bears no significance, but it makes all the difference, doesn't it? In Jesus' economy, it makes all the difference. Secondly, there might be some of us here who would say, well, I am a regular giver, and maybe the Lord's invitation to you is to perhaps increase what you give, that, that you actually could stretch you that little bit more. You know, as a church, we don't hold to a particular percentage, you know. Um, Jesus seems to invite us to give 100%. So if you want to go for that, I'm more than happy. We have gift aid forms at the back. Um, but it might be that, you know, you've had a pay rise in the last year, but you've never altered what you give. And it might be that actually the Lord's invitation is that you could give that a little bit more. And so maybe that's one of the ways that you could respond uh, in this season, is to become someone who increases what they give. Uncomfortable moment over, okay? Um, on your way out today, the lovely Anne is going to give you one of these uh, little brochures that just tell you a little bit, kind of summarize everything I've said this morning. In there, there is also a pledge form um, that looks a little bit like this. Okay? Pledge form. Um, what we'd love you to do is over the coming weeks is we'd love you to just prayerfully consider how the Lord might be calling you to engage in this next season as we come together and um, respond to what the Lord's doing. Is that okay? You know, there's no big, there's no big sale. Um, we're not going to hound you or anything like that. But we just want you to take one of these home and prayerfully consider, how can I respond? How can I respond to all that's been said this morning, all the challenges that are ahead? How can I become the kind of person who plays my part, who, who gets involved, and we can get to do this together? Is that okay? I think so. Good church. Okay, why don't we stand and I'm going to pray. Father, we know that um, money makes us feel uncomfortable, makes me feel uncomfortable. And um, we also know that um, all of our resource, all that we have, is only in our hands because you've given it to us, Lord. That it's, you've made it available to us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would... Um, Stir our hearts in the right ways, Lord, that um, you would show each one of us how we're meant to respond this morning, how we're meant to respond to what's ahead, Lord. That as we come together as a whole church family across all our locations, that actually each one of us would see that the significance in the small part that we have to play. Lord, as we sang this morning, take the little in our hands and use it for your glory the little that we have to offer, Lord. We, we pray you would just multiply it in our midst. Just have your way amongst us, Lord, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.